0: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Find Your Model Health podcast for those looking to optimize their long term health and weight goals and understand how their body really works. Welcome to episode 191. I hope you're all keeping really well and cool today if you're in Alberta and BC and I think possibly much of Canada right now we are experiencing a ridiculous heat wave. that's all it is at this point it is just ridiculous I am sweating in places I didn't know that sweat could come from and that's saying a lot considering my background But um, it's definitely been rough. So I hope you're all staying cool and definitely hydrated. And maybe you're going to listen to this podcast episode while out on an early morning walk when it's nice and cool or while lounging in a pool somewhere nice. If you don't know who I am, I am Shemaine Linney. I am your host. I'm a fitness and nutrition expert, certified iridologist and biohacker. I'm very happy to have you back in this week's podcast episode. It's a topic I've spoke about a lot um, and it is to do with female hormones. And I just want to try refine some things over the next few months in regards to female hormones, the menstrual cycle, what might be happening. So this week we're looking at heavy periods and why you might be having them. So before I go on, I must emphasize that the information in these podcast episodes is for informational purposes only and should not be taken as medical advice. Please do consult your healthcare practitioner before making any lifestyle changes. And also, if you can't hear me too clearly, which I hope you can, it's because I have a big fan behind me trying to keep me cool but it's also contributing to my dehydration. You literally can't win. So we're looking at heavy periods and at least 50% of women struggle with heavy periods. Um, I would say it's even more. One in six women at least um, experience periods that are severe enough to significantly impact their daily life and how they live. From worrying about what to wear, frequent trips to the bathroom, having to constantly change your pads or tampons or empty your diva cup, to having period accidents at work or in a grocery store, and even trying to plan your life around your period. It can be quite stressful and disruptive to your life. Um, And if this is you, you're not alone. And... It it can be helped. So don't fret. Hopefully this episode will help you. Because heavy periods, they can be very debilitating. And despite what many women have been told to believe, it's not normal. You shouldn't have to suffer through this. Normal periods are easy periods. They're pain-free. They flow with fresh blood. They come when they're supposed to and they go when they're supposed to. It's not supposed to be a nightmare, a big upheaval to your life, you're not supposed to dread it, Um, I I think many women that have had normal periods, myself included, our periods are that time of the month, they don't disrupt our lives, they actually don't bother us, I can still do my workouts, I can pretty much do everything I do every other day, it's just a bit annoying, um, because it's like, the sweating and stuff that comes. I hope no men are listening to this because they'll never look at another woman the same again. But um, apart from that, when your period is normal, it shouldn't bother you. You don't look forward to it. You don't hate it. It just doesn't bother you because you can continue on with your life. So I do hope that this podcast episode helps start you on the path towards restoring um, an optimal cycle and hormonal balance for you and makes your period or your monthly bleed a lot easier than you may be experiencing right now. So what is considered a heavy period? So a heavy period is excessive bleeding that goes on excessively long and may have Um, bigger blood clots associated with it and more pain so normal period blood loss is considered 30 to 80 mils and that's across your whole period so that's between one to six tablespoons and I know some of you are saying holy do women actually only have a period that would amount to one tablespoon Yeah, they do. I speak to women all the time that have normal periods and they only last two or three days. Um, And that is even when they ovulate. But um, some signs that your period is heavy, so quote heavy, um, is where your period lasts longer to seven days. You need to use six or more pads or tampons per day. And they're like soaked and you're even soaking through them. If you find that you're using a tampon and a pad and you're constantly needing to change, well yeah, you have heavy, heavy periods. Um, So if you typically need to change your pads every hour, or your tampon every hour you know there's a problem there and i have experienced women that have to change them every 20 to 30 minutes so you're regularly soaking soaking through your pads and tampons and even your clothes and you constantly have to double up on your protection so that you don't soak through everything um even instances where you're waking up during the night and You may have bled through onto your sheets or the mattress. And then you also have to change during the night. This should not happen. This is not what a normal period looks like. So that is a problem. And you're passing excessively big blood clots. So the size of a quarter or larger. um, And they can be quite painful too as you're passing those blood clots um and then again if you if you just dread your period every month and you know that you're going to have to basically plan your life around it that that's a sign that you have a problem with your period so also if you consistently have a heavy period you may also find yourself weak and tired and dehydrated and feeling sluggish, which can be a sign sign of um, anemia or iron deficiency due to losing so much blood as well. So you may want to get that tested. And excuse me while I sip on some water so I don't dehydrate to death. So there's many causes of why you may have A heavy period, or we'll even call it a bad period, when you consider all the PMS and the pains and the blood clots and everything. Um, Most commonly, though, they're due to hormonal imbalances. When people think of hormonal imbalances and your period, of course, we first go towards oestrogen and progesterone, Um, and that's true. So, particularly high oestrogen levels or not ovulating can be a big cause of um, having heavy periods, as well as PCOS as well. And then there is a kind of rare genetic disorder called von Willebrand's disease that can cause heavy bleeding or heavy periods. But they're not the only hormones either. Insulin and insulin resistance which we'll learn more about as we go through this episode, can have a direct impact on how your menstrual cycle is and if it's going to be easy or if it's going to be basically a pain in the ass, basically and literally. Um, So let's see. When we look at high oestrogen levels, oestrogen is amazing. It helps us give life. Basically, it helps us look young, it helps us stay strong, it helps us grow if we're trying to build muscle. Estrogen is important for that as well. So, at the right levels, it plays a central role in our reproductive system and our bone health and our heart health and even our brain. So, during that first half of our menstrual cycle, so that follicular phase um, or proliferative phase, proliferative mean growing. Your uterine lining is growing or it's building up new tissue being driven by oestrogen. Um, and this is the lining or the tissue that is shed when we don't get pregnant. So that is our menstrual flow. Um, and heavy periods can be a sign that this layer has been building up too thickly as a result of oestrogen levels being too high. Um, and when we look at high estrogen, we're not only looking at estrogen by itself, we're also comparing it, our estrogen ratios to or our estrogen to our progesterone. So those ratios right there, we want to have a nice ratio between both, but sometimes estrogen totally skyrockets and then progesterone can be really low and not even if you're You don't have to be in perimenopause or in menopause to experience low progesterone. It is quite common and it can be due to several factors like poor nutrition, stress is a big one, um, poor sleep habits, lifestyle habits. So there's stuff that can play. Birth control can play a part. Um, But high oestrogen can result from lots of things and we want to be aware of this because it's it really is a big problem for most women whether or not someone has heavy periods I can still see where there's high oestrogen or those ratios are off in someone so when we look at where do we get our high oestrogen levels from well firstly We need to understand that if we have excess body weight or body fat, then our estrogen levels will be higher because fat cells act as endocrine organs and they do produce estrogen. So the more fat that you have on your body, the more estrogen those cells are going to be pumping out into your body. And then when we see that, we also can see I'll generally see insulin resistance there and then, of course, inflammation. And inflammation can happen right, not only to a cellular level, but to the blood level. You can get sticky, inflamed blood and that can also be... big driving factor behind a lot of pain and inflammation when you are PMSing or having your bleed so insulin resistance and inflammation being big ones there so if you do have excess body weight that can be causing your estrogen levels to be higher and if your nutrition is poor and you think that maybe you have blood sugar or insulin resistance issues then that, yes, could be why your estrogen levels are so high. Then we also have environmental exposures. So that would be what are called endocrine-disrupting chemicals. So we can get them through our food, water, cosmetics, body cleaning products, um you can get them through cleaning supplies that you clean your house in. You can get them from exhaust fumes. Um, So these are what we would call xenoestrogens. They're fake or foreign estrogens and they mimic our naturally occurring estrogens. So then they'll disrupt how our natural estrogen functions and it's receptive. Um, So it'll create higher levels of what we call circulating oestrogen. So there was one study that showed women's pesticide exposure was linked to 60 to 99% increased risk of having longer menstrual cycles, skipped periods and mid-cycle bleeding compared to women with low to no exposure. So that basically means that the more toxins and chemicals and xeno hormones that you're exposed to and putting into your body the more your menstrual cycle is going to be masked up you know i always encourage clean eating, lots of good nutrition, organic where possible, clean products. I've done videos going through my personal care products, my toupees, my melt wash. You know, if you follow me, I only drink the cleanest water I can get my hands on. Um, So I'm, I'm quite anal like that. I don't expect everyone to be like that, but there's definitely ways that we can Um, start to reduce our environmental exposures. And I will come to that as we get closer to the end. Um, So high estrogen levels can also result from pharmaceutical sources of estrogen. Of course, we've got our birth control. Um, Then we've got some hormonal contraceptives um, that contain estrogen or hormone replacement therapy, medication as well. then next we've got poor detoxification pathways or you're not detoxing properly. So I, if you've heard me speak of this, I would say your body is in a state of toxic overload. When your body is overloaded with toxins, that also includes estrogen, that you're not detoxifying estrogen properly either. So detoxification is very much a nutrient dependent process which means it requires good nutrition to work. So you've got your protein, you've got your essential minerals, you've got your vitamins, you've got lots of clean water. And then the other stuff that we do to support detoxification as well, like our inverted moves, our exercise, our walking, our sauna. So there's lots of stuff that we can do. But if your detoxification system is not working properly, then that is going to cause a problem with you detoxifying. Um oestrogen and that goes next into like our microbiome or our gut which is part of our detoxification pathways or systems. If your gut is not in good shape or you're having issues with your gut then there is going to be issues detoxifying that oestrogen because a lot of oestrogen actually apart from our bleeds gets detoxified or excreted or removed from our body in our poop Um, and within your gut there is a special collection of bacteria um, and they are considered your estrobolome, and it's their job to help regulate oestrogen levels and if they're not working properly what can happen is some bad bacteria can come in and they will deglucuronidate the estrogen so the good guys they will help us break down and eliminate the estrogen by it's called a process of glucuronidation where they basically tie if it, i like my analogies they tie a brick to the estrogen molecule so it's pretty much weighted down and it can't escape and it just has nowhere to go but out so it's heavy now it's got a brick attached to it but if those guys are not doing their job properly or you have issues with your gut where you have maybe more bad guys than you should so we think of SIBO in this Category, but you don't necessarily have to have SIBO. Um, but if you have too many, quote, bad guys, the ones that make us fat and sick and unhealthy, they can deglucuronidate these estrogen molecules. So basically, they sneak up and they take away that brick. So now the estrogen is small enough to basically be recirculated back into the bloodstream especially if you have issues with like leaky gut you obviously have those those tight gap junctions in your stomach or your gastrointestinal lining that are going to be bigger allowing the estrogen molecules and more of them to get into your bloodstream and if it's a case where you do have leaky gut and chances are you already have issues with bacteria ratios between the good and the bad so this is important if you're not pooping properly if you have bowel issues then it can cause heavy periods and Even other gynecological issues or symptoms. Um, So, your gut is so important. That whole detoxification process, I don't know, my clients. Hate me for telling them they need to drink salt water and lemon juice and apple cider vinegar and they need to have all their teas and do their inversion and everything, but really it's for their own good because all of that is so important to our complete, like our total detoxification system. And that includes supporting our gut microbiome. So, although people don't necessarily like everything I recommend. I'm thinking of the apple cider vinegar. It really is for your own good. So another reason why you might have heavy periods. So moving on from the high estrogen levels. If you're not ovulating, and not ovulating can be impacted by... Many things like why someone wouldn't ovulate can be impacted by stress, under eating, not eating enough carbohydrates, not sleeping properly, exercising too much, fasting too much. And then we have our insulin resistance and our PCOS. So 74% of women with PCOS don't ovulate regularly at all we look at PCOS so PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome it's an insulin resistance syndrome Um, and what we'll see with that is well apart from the not ovulating we'll see infrequent periods where they can go anywhere from 35 days apart to longer we see um, acne breakouts hair loss hair in unwanted places depression um We'll see issues with weight gain and difficulty losing it, difficulty getting pregnant. So all this sort of stuff can be associated with PCOS and, of course, insulin resistance. Um, But not ovulating can be one of the reasons why you have a heavy bleed when you do bleed. Because if you're not ovulating regularly, then there's a good chance you're having periods that are more than 35 days apart Um, and this of course allows your uterine lining more time to build up so more time it has to build up the more tissue it's going to build and then when you do have a bleed it's heavier because you have a lot more to excrete at that stage you've been working on it you've been building it for more time. Um, so that can be a sure driving factor behind why your period might be heavy. Um, a few of the reasons I mentioned them already, why you may not be ovulating the biggest one. And I've even noticed this for myself is stress. Um, and then we have poor sleep because, um, not only is sleep connected to chronically elevated cortisol um, but that of course then suppresses melatonin too and low melatonin can reduce ovarian function and ovulation and cause irregular cycles um, and the more poor sleep you have the more stressed you are the more your cortisol is elevated and then when we look at that sleep are you under eating are you not eating enough carbs are you exercising too hard are you fasting too much what other stress could be happening in your life is it work? and then malnutrition is a big one for not ovulating especially when we look at those carbohydrates carbohydrates are very important for women and ovulation and having a healthy menstrual cycle overall Um, and then we want to make sure that we're getting our b vitamins i know a lot of women try to avoid red meat red meat is very important especially for the hormonal system we need those essential amino acids and we also need our collagen women lose collagen 10 times faster than men do. Every time we have a bleed, we're losing a lot of collagen. And if we're not remaking that enough or supporting our body with that from an external source, then we can start to age really fast. And you can see it in a woman's skin, you can see it in her muscle tone, you can see it in her mindset and her moods, depression, because amino acids are directly correlated to anxiety and depression but also we can see brittle bones start to occur because we're depleting all these essential tissues and bones and parts of the body from collagen. So it is important to get your animal products in there. Then vitamin C is very important for the female cycle. Healthy fats are very important. Um, we want to have our vitamin D as well. Um, so there's lots there. Good, Basically, really good nutrition is important to you. And then um, I I mentioned under eating, but if your body weight or your BMI is way below normal, um, that can be another cause for lack of ovulation. But usually if someone is very, very, quote, skinny or slim or their body mass is below what it should be, then chances are you'll have an ovulation and just amenorrhea so you won't have your period at all. So then we also have endometriosis, also known as adenomyosis. Um, so endometriosis is where the endometrial tissue similar to what normally makes your uterine lining is found in other parts of your body um, most commonly in your abdominal cavity but actually you can build endometrial lining anywhere in your body you could build it into your knees you can build it in your back you can build it in your shin or your calf like you can literally build it anywhere and if you did say build endometrial tissue in your knee and you're experiencing painful periods or issues around menstruation you may notice that your knee actually kills you around that time too. So you'll have a lot of pain in the knee where that endometrial-like tissue is there too. So you can watch out for all these signs and oh my elbow only hurts when my period is coming. And some of that could be from inflammation but if, if it's something extreme it might be something to look into. So then when you have your your bleed or your estrogen drops at that time of the month then those hormone fluctuations will also trigger that tissue to try and shed at least Um, if it's more in your abdominal cavity there's a chance that you will release it with your period but it'll be very painful but then the other parts of your body where you may have endometrial tissue they'll be quite painful because they'll be trying to shed but they can't they've nowhere to go And then next we have uterine fibroids and polyps. So fibroids are non-cancerous growths of muscle tissue in or on the uterus or even on the cervix. um, And they can contribute to heavy bleeding. Um, And then like fibroids, polyps are growths off of the endometrial tissue that lines the uterine. And they can also cause abnormal bleeding or much of the same reason as fair um, so kind of the same but not completely the same and then we have like i mentioned earlier those um less common causes of heavy periods but still might be something you would want to get checked so we i mentioned von willebrand disease so It's estimated that up to 20% of women that do have a lot of issues with their periods may in fact have inherited this disease. Um, It usually shows up in a woman's teens or early 20s and this can be quite confusing because unfortunately a lot of teens now and young women do experience a lot of problems and radical behavior from their period as they start out and immediately they get put on birth control, which is a terrible idea in my um my opinion, but they don't get tested for von Willebrand disease and they really should um because a very heavy flow can be the first sign of it, especially in your early years and these are considered like torrential crazy periods Um, and they would warrant a blood test for this condition instead of firstly being put on birth control that you're probably going to regret down the line so um, yes not too quiet about that Um, but then next we've got cervical and endometrial cancers. A bit more uncommon I don't want to say totally uncommon now because they seem to be coming more common but they can contribute to a regular bleeding and even spotting between periods um, spotting between periods would be something that would make me worry about cervical cancer more so or even endometrial cancer um, so if you're worried you should definitely get that ruled out first as part of your medical care Um, and then we've got some other underlying factors that can contribute to heavy periods i mentioned already insulin resistance so there would be diabetes but not everyone with insulin resistance has diabetes Uh, we can see premature menopause i think i spoke before about a girl i used to work with she went through menopause at 26 which is crazy But it does happen. You've got pelvic inflammatory disease. And then in some cases, thyroid problems will cause heavy periods. But in my opinion, I would bring that back to looking at the nutrition and the inflammation, the gut issues, um, and then any insulin resistance. They're usually where I see thyroid problems are being caused or occur. Um, So... And then as well, I I should mention that other interventions like the pill, IUDs, anti-clotting medications, chemotherapy, obviously miscarriages can be commonly mistaken for a heavy period. So you want to just keep everything in mind, what could be causing and help kind of do the elimination process and narrow it down for yourself. So what can we do? Well, first we want to um, eliminate the chance that there's a more serious medical condition. And we also want to get checked for iron deficiency as well. Um, But most heavy periods are benign and are totally treatable with natural approaches and nutritional and lifestyle changes. And I get that for some people, Even the thought of that can be uncomfortable. Some people are even reluctant to believe, well, no, I I need a hysterectomy or I need to get this fixed. And I will say that some cases a hysterectomy is absolutely needed and the best path to take. And some women will get um, tubal ligations. um, But there are the possibilities that natural approaches or therapies will work for you. Um, If they don't, then of course you get the appropriate medical care that you need. So if you have been experiencing period issues for a long time and you're totally ready to sort it out now and like dig your heels in and say, no, I'm committing the effort and the time to fixing this, then this is what we would do. So first, I did mention the estrogen levels. So one, addressing any excess body weight or body fat is a good idea because the more body fat you lose, then the more estrogen you're going to lose along with that. You also reduce inflammation. But if you're going down that road, you need to make sure for sure that your detoxification pathways are working properly including that you're having good bowel movements. So we're looking at that weight loss there Um, and then how would we do that? Well we're going to look at our nutrition or our diet. Then other lifestyle factors. Where am I getting Exposure from oestrogen and other places. The plastic bottles. Don't use plastic bottles. I, my clients know. Glass or stainless steel. Don't microwave your food in plastic lunch boxes or aluminium. Well, you're not going to put aluminium in the microwave or you'll regret it. But don't put aluminium in the fridge or in the oven with your food in it. So we, we pretty much want to cook and heat and store our foods in glass or stainless steel where we can and that includes our liquids that's going to be your best case that's probably the easiest way to start reducing your environmental oestrogen exposure and then if you can start moving towards more natural skincare products and even household cleaning products it's very easy to do nowadays um The cosmetic approach can be a little bit harder for some because some people like the makeup that they use. They've been using it for a long time. They don't want to switch it. So I get it. I understand. But otherwise, you can change some of your skincare products. You can change your toothpaste change your moisturizer I've been using beauty counter for years and I love beauty counter I also use um organics as well um, there's lots of options then I use seventh generation cleaning the house or I'll use lemon juice or apple cider vinegar I use borax to clean our clothes and then a natural fabric softener so there's options and it doesn't have to be too expensive so figure that out so if you have that high estrogen we want to look at reducing that if we see that you have you're not ovulating and you maybe have pcos we want to look at why are you not ovulating and then with the pcos okay is what can we do about this how can we address the insulin resistance how can we get the body working more optimally potentially make you metabolically flexible as well so that's going to be important because that all comes back to pcos and high levels of estrogen can both be correlated with insulin resistance so we want to be aware of that i always say it always comes back to the nutrition and making sure that your body is working properly Um, so we also then want to make sure that we're supporting ovulation and our hormones, like our female hormones, our sex hormones, with nutrients. And we can even use some herbs here. I'm not a big for advising flax seeds unless a woman is having a lot of bowel issues or they're postmenopausal. Um, but otherwise, uh, vitamin C is my favorite nutrient for supporting good pms good menstrual cycle vitex i'm big into vitex i love vitex it can be great for helping you ovulate and regulate your periods um a taki or a my mushroom is an adaptogen with the specific ability to induce ovulation in people with PCOS. So that's a really good one to include for ovulation. If someone has PCOS, I would go down that road, and then I would use the Vitex for the high estrogen. Um, that's what I would do. But I also have seen a lot of success with inducing ovulation with Peruvian maca as well. So If you can get your hands on a really good Peruvian maca, you will see changes in not only your menstrual cycle, but how you feel overall. Peruvian maca has a lot of support for it on helping with female hormones and that's not just how we have a bleed or how we got pregnant that's how we feel overall and how we look um you want to make sure that while you're getting good quality sleep you're not fasting too much you're not over exercising you're doing a lot of self-care and relaxation processes you're laughing you're singing you're hanging out with your friends you're having a good time basically so trying to keep that stress low um if we were looking at so just a few more on the detoxification thing right now we're all sweating in places we shouldn't be sweating in um it's very very hot right now and i was saying to a client yesterday If you think of right now, I mean, we're hovering between 35 and 40 degrees every day. That's degrees Celsius, which is insane. We are constantly sweating. So if you think of, we're pretty much just living in an all-day sauna right now. And we know that a sauna is one of the best ways to detoxify. And it is. So if you're sweating all day, this is a great time for you to support your detoxification processes pretty much naturally. So what I've been doing in the evenings is I'm sweating all day and I'm obviously showering that off and I'm supporting my detoxification pathways, making sure I have good bowel movements, making sure I have my good teas to support my liver and my kidneys. So I've been doing a lot of ginger, I've been doing dandelion, I have been doing hibiscus and cranberry, but also at night. For any toxins that are being released that I'm missing, that I'm not washing off, that I'm not peeing out, I'm not pooping, I am also taking activated charcoal before bed. Because the last thing you want to do is to be sweating or in a sauna all day and not binding to those to- toxins or heavy metals or hormones, so we want to chelate them. Um, and that's where I'll bring in the activated charcoal, I really like it. So. Um, I also use one and recommend one that has a small molecular size but also is bound with ginger and ginger is very anti-inflammatory and supportive in the gastrointestinal tract. So it's important. I'll still do my exercise because movement is very important for detoxification. I'll do my inversion every day and I have been doing it more regularly because my varicose vein has been hurting in the heat so um, really you want to do everything you can to support your detoxification pathways but look at it like this in this extreme heat you're pretty much living in a sauna all day so you would do what you would do if you just went to a sauna for 30 minutes you replenish with lots of clean water and minerals you wash off toxins that might be on the skin you chelate where you can and you make sure you're excreting properly to your true your urine and your bowel movements so other herbs that can be used to reduce heavy bleeding i mentioned ginger but you can get um ginger root tea or make it yourself so I mentioned the gingers in the activated charcoal and I also take ginger tea as well Tulsi ginger is one of my favorites most of my clients know that that's one of the first teas I'll recommend to them but ginger root is great for periods it's a strong anti-inflammatory there are some studies to suggest that ginger may be more anti-inflammatory than turmeric it can help with the heavy bleeding by reducing the inflammation of the blood, therefore thinning the blood and also thinning the blood vessels and the, uh, the tissue in itself so everything is not as inflamed like it's not as swollen everything can flow smoother and then of course we have no risks or side effects generally with ginger so it can be really helpful um i like ginger tea but you can also chew on ginger you can add ginger into your recipes or you can get ginger capsules so you can get a supplement and you can supplement between 500 up to 1,000 milligrams three times a day, depending on how badly you need it. The next one is going to be Vitex. Again, so I mentioned Vitex for helping with estrogen dominance and helping regulate ovulation. Well, Vitex, you can get chasteberry tea. So chasteberry is just the herbal name. Well, Agnes Cactus is the Latin name, but chasteberry is the name of the tea that you'll get. Um, and depending on the severity of someone's symptoms, I might have them take Vitex in the morning and then also do the tea in the evening. Or some people might just do the tea and that works perfect for them. Um, vitex can be great for regulating the menstrual cycle and the hormonal cycle after a miscarriage, too. So it's a gentle way to do it. Just sipping on the tea every evening can help re regulate stuff. Um, and it can also help with feelings of depression and sadness after a miscarriage because vitex directly impacts our dopamine um system. So which it can help with sleep as well in that sense, and some people so um it depends on how severe your symptoms are I mean if you're having real problems you're going probably going to message me somewhere and ask me to tell you more about Vitex I did a whole podcast episode on Vitex go look for it Um, I can tell you the dosages and the timing but for most people even just having the tea in the evening is going to make a difference and it's going to be a nice addition um, and then you also have the option to have yarrow tea so yarrow is a traditional herb used at the start of your period um, many women will use it when at the start of a heavy menstrual cycle or heavy bleed so what they is generally used or recommended is two cups of yarrow tea daily during your heavy bleed days so either one in the morning and one at lunch or one in the morning and then one later in the evening Um, and then you can either get yarrow tea bags or you can get loose leaf and then you would steep it in boiling water for I usually say 10 to 15 minutes you want to put a saucer over your cup so that the medicinal properties don't vaporize and escape into the atmosphere Um, but just do not take your OT when you are pregnant. Okay and then we've got some of the other stuff that I've spoke about. So um, find the best period products that are best for you. Believe it or not, here's one that you may not have heard of but you can try period sex. So basically having sex when you're bleeding or on your periods. It sounds gross and it sounds like oh my god but actually um if you're open to it sex during this time especially orgasms can reduce the amount of of blood that you lose and the number of days that you have the heavy flow and cramping for for several reasons and part of it is that oxytocin and the dopamine pathways um, and if you think like oh my husband or my boyfriend won't be into that actually most of them don't care they're just like men really don't care they'll do it whenever However, wherever, like they really don't care. So, um, of course it's up to you, but it's just an idea. And if you don't want to have sex on your period or your partner is not into it, then you can also just do some self-pleasure. That will work too because you'll still get the hormonal release and the anti-inflammatory aspects as well. So, lastly, before I let you go, when you take on a change like this to say right i'm going to fix my period i'm going to fix my menstrual cycle or my hormones or whatever is going on that's not going to happen in a week or two generally i will see changes in the first period so the first next period after starting with someone when we make all their nutrition and lifestyle changes and everything but more commonly we start to see those changes in two to four cycles, especially with Vitex. Some women will see changes immediately with Vitex. Like their next period, they can see the changes. I like to pair it with vitamin C just to encourage faster kind of movement of those changes. But then some women won't see the changes for up to 12 weeks. So it's, it is very individual. But the point is you have to be ready to commit and show up every day with consistency and have faith like this is going to help. It is going to help and I will reap the rewards. But you have to have patience. It's going to take time. And then if, say, six months later, 12 months later, you're still experiencing heavy bleeding and nothing is getting better, or even if your symptoms have worsened, then you're going to go to your medical provider or your family doctor and you're going to maybe get a referral or get them to look further into this. So... This was one of my longer podcasts, not too long though, but I really hope that you enjoyed it, you found it helpful. I will be doing more on the finer points of the menstrual cycle over the next few weeks. So if you have any questions about anything I have said above, please reach out to me. You can find me on Facebook under Shemaine's Model Health. You can um, send me a message through my website at shemainesmodelhealth.com. You can find me on Instagram. Um, so I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. And as always, if you know anyone that would benefit from this information, please do share. Sharing is caring and We really do want to help others to help themselves or to learn how to help themselves and understand that there is other ways. We don't always have to take a pharmaceutical or medical approach, so I hope you enjoyed this I hope you stay cool I hope you stay hydrated I hope you stay healthy uh, remember to replenish those minerals remember to keep moving because movement believe it or not helps with hydration it's very important to keep fluids moving your inversion make sure you're getting enough sleep lots of hydrating foods and I'm gonna leave it at that like I said if you have questions reach out to me but otherwise Otherwise, stay cool, stay hydrated, stay safe, and I'll chat to you guys soon. Bye-bye.